Are you ready? Are you ready? No. Here we go. Don't five, anybody? No? What? It's the name of that band that sings that mm, song. Copyright infringement, Alexis. Jump mm. five doesn't exist anymore. Mm, terrible. They would mm. never sue us. Who knows? I mean, maybe they're so washed up that they need the money, so maybe they would. Some states are just very litigious. That's true. Are we on the right microphone? Uh, yes. Okay. I just want to check. Yeah, that's what I told you later. It was trying to be sassy with me and change the settings. I'm like, oh, no. Stop it. No, I see you. It's so rude. I see you. Oh, so guess what happened with my Pokemon, Haley? I don't know. Nothing else, because my DS died forever. Uh, it won't charge. That's funny. So I had to order a, a, not a new one. I used one on eBay. Oh, is it not backwards compatible with the new games? Um, that's the only one that I have. Well, that's not true. That's the... So the the DS Lite can do both the Game Boy Advance games and the uh, other ones. The DS games. Uh-huh. Um, but... It's my only one that can do both of them. I do have a Game Boy Advance still that still works, sure. um, but it doesn't. It's not backlit, and it's horrible trying to angle it into the sun or into the light. Oh, I remember the good old days. It was horrible. Mm-hmm. I remember trying to play that on um, car trips, and it's like depending on what direction you're going and where the sun is, it's like I can't see anything, or it's like the light is shining off of it and blinding my eyes. Listeners, don't let anyone ever tell you that the past was better. It's not better. Um... But yeah, so I had to buy a new one. Nostalgia is fake. Right? Nothing was backlit in the past. Nope, it's not. Welcome to hysterical history. (laughs) (laughs) So I I still have my my other one. The one that you gave me from your grandma. Oh, the one she found in the snow? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You were just like, hey, do you want one? Now I have two. And I'm like, what? Yeah, because my grandmother was out walking in the snow and she found a 3DS. Yeah. She's like, hey, it works. Do you want it? I'm like, yeah. And then she didn't, she already had one, and then she decided she didn't want hers, right? Yeah. And so you're like, well, now I have two. Now I have two. One of them is snow damage. And then just randomly but... you're like, Alexis, you want one? And I was like, well, okay. <laughs> and I think it was, I think I legitimately was like looking at them, and I was like, I don't have money, and I'm sad. And then you were like, you want, you want one? And I was like, yes. Yes. I do. <laughs> I do. One of them was plucked right from the Alaska trees of snow. (laughs) Where they grow. That's where they come from. Naturally. It looks like you just pulled a Q-tip out of your face. (laughs) Just right up my nose. Don't do that. Magic. I'm Haley. I'm Alexis. And you know where where you are. Hopefully. You can get lost somehow in the podcast. Uh. Accidentally download this instead of something better. That you listen to normally and like. <laughs> oh, man, that, like you were expecting Neil deGrasse Tyson to start talking. And you're Ooh. like, this isn't even as half as good. You're like, these voices are not great, and they haven't said anything about science. They're about Pokemon. <laughs> They're talking about broke DSs in the snow. <laughs> it's very bizarre. This isn't even funny. No. See, there were cheaper ones too, but I specifically wanted one cheaper than snow garbage. <laughs> no. <laughs> They're like. There was, like, a range of how much a new DS cost, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted one that was the same color. So I, it was, like, ten more dollars or something. I could have got a pink one, and I was like, no. No. I want it to be red. Mm-hmm. How dare you? It's crunch. This, it's not my fault that they This is our me. special time, <laughs> and your phone is going off. I can't control people texting me. Don't you have, like, a mute? I mean, it's on silent. I don't even know where my phone is. It vibrates. <laughs> 
You've been asleep all day. I think it's in the bathroom. <laughs> I maybe heard it oh, ringing and before I passed out. I tried calling you. Oh, that was probably it. But Did you just hear it in it. the bathroom? You're just, no, no. I couldn't hear it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think it's in the bathroom. <laughs> it's, it's here through the wall. Anyway. So I remember looking around like, where is it? I'm like, it doesn't sound like I can reach it easily without getting out of bed. So it's just, who cares? Bye. Doesn't matter. Who cares? Um, Haley. Hmm. You remember? Yeah, I do. Member berries? No. Do you remember when you talked about um, Dr. Phil? Oh, yeah. Dark Dr. Phil? Yes. I remember Dark Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil from the past. Pre-Rasputin. Rasputin. Mm -hmm. Well, I was researching. I was looking for something about Sweden that was funny because Uh I just felt like it, I guess. I don't know. What is what has Sweden done to you? <laughs> Nothing. I was I wanted to celebrate them with something funny in their history. That's what we're doing, right? Uh-huh. You know, like the first sure. thing I did was my favorite person in history because it's hilarious. Because mm-hmm. Napoleon's so funny. Well, I found while I was looking uh-huh. in Swedish Swedish things, lore, Swedish land. Mm-hmm. I was looking there, and I found uh, this king they mentioned. And I was like, oh, he sounds super cool. And like, super cool? How? Yes, that's my accent. Super cool. <laughs> I don't know what, the, what country is it from. I don't know. Sweden. No. Um, he's super cool. And then I was like, Haley's going to really like him. And I'm like, this must have a cool story behind it. Like this one fact they told me. And then I looked into his life. And this happens often to me when I'm researching a topic. Mm-hmm. Um, that I'm like, oh, that sounds kind of funny. And then I like look into it. And then I'm like, what is happening? Like that's exactly how mm-hmm. I felt with Sealand. Like I was like, oh, this is silly. And then it's like, and then mercenaries took over. And I'm like, what? And then, they're like, and then we got a James Bond helicopter f- flyer to come help us. And I'm like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. This is so strange. Um, I think we were almost in the war, and I'm like, I don't know. The war. What to do. The war. Falklands. Oh, uh, Falkland. That wasn't even the one I was thinking of. No, I'm sure it wasn't. I, do you know which war I was thinking of? <laughs> uh, World War Two. No. World War One. No. The Civil War. No. Um, the Thirty Years' War. No. The Hundred Years' no. War. The nope. Anglo-Zanzibar War. Getting farther and farther away. Farther from God's light. Um, no idea. Uh, it's, it doesn't, now it's not funny, so okay. who cares? <laughs> I ruined it by going too long. <laughs> well, I was researching this Swedish king guy, right? The, the king man? The king man. The Jarl? And then I discovered this guy, who is like, basically... The uh, Dr. Phil version of Napoleon. What? <laughs> what does that mean? Like, he he's not pre-Napoleon. He's around at the same time. But, like, basically he ends up living probably the life Napoleon wish he had lived. So instead of being the dark Dr. Phil, he's like the dark Oprah. He's like the, no, he's like the light Napoleon. <laughs> Napoleon light? Yeah. <laughs> Before they went full calorie Napoleon. It's true, yeah. That's the problem. It's not you completely never, concentrated. You never go full calorie Napoleon. <laughs> and it's amazing. It's too much. So his name is Jean-Baptiste Jules uh, Bernadot. Wait, we're not talking about the Swedish king? It will connect. Okay. 
Um, I was really excited for Swedish Kings. We'll get there, man. I promise. It does have to do with Sweden. Also, you found another way to say French things. I did. It's my favorite thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so to give you an idea of his his uh, family's progression in the social world in France, um, his great-grandfather was a weaver. His grandfather was a tailor. And his father was a lawyer. It sounds like they keep getting kicked out of their old <laughs> professions. <laughs> no, it sounds like uh, to me it sounds like step up. Like weavers are doing a lot of like, um, you know, like handwork and detailed things, kind of like dirty, rough things. And tailors are like for fancy boys, you know, for people who can afford it. Bespoke. And then yeah, bespoke. <laughs> and then his father's a lawyer, like so he's killing it. No, no. I think the weaver made a tailor suit and gave it to his son, who Mm. became the tailor. And And the tailor made a lawyer suit, suit, (laughs) and then he became a lawyer. Maybe actual clothes, or maybe like a person suit. Sure. Unclear. Unclear. History does not tell us. So he's born. He's born? In Pau, France. Pau. P-A-U. Pau. Pau. Um, he's the son of Jean-Henri Bernardo. Do not care what his father's name is. And his wife, um, whose name is Jeanne de Saint-Jeanne, which basically is like, she has the same first name as his dad, basically. It's Joan and John. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then her last name is Saint John, so killing it. Um, and so his dad's a prosecutor in Pau, and his... What, what year is it? Um, he's born in, uh, where is the year that he's born? I have the years that his father is alive. <laughs> Why do we care about his father? <laughs> I don't know. Um, he's born in like the 1760s or 70s. Okay. Interesting. He's, he's born around the same time that Napoleon is. Uh-huh. Um, and... Oh, and so his mom is the niece of the lay abbot of Ciro, and that won't matter a super lot, but I just, like, put that in there because I wanted to give, like, a perspective of what his family is like right now. So his dad is the prosecutor of this town, so that's a pretty good position as far as being a lawyer goes, and his mom is related to um, some people in the clergy. So possibly not actually the best position when we're about to have a revolution, but before that, that's great. No, you're on, You're going to be on the list. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when he becomes 14, he starts apprenticing uh, with a local attorney, because obviously his dad wants him to be a lawyer. Um, Which is strange, because that means that his grandfather didn't tell his father the process <laughs> of making... They're supposed to switch. They're supposed to switch. Yeah, every time. <laughs> Son, I will make a suit <laughs> for a new thing. <laughs> for a new thing, you must be. Um... I read in different uh, articles that either his father had an early death that made him stop pursuing being an attorney, um, or that he was like, J.K. Law, I don't want to do this, and bailed. Um, That's what happened. I think that may be what happened to everyone. It might be. Um, But either way, uh, his father dies when he's fairly young. He's still a teenager, and he decides instead of doing that, he's going to be a soldier. I mean, okay. It's a great time to be a soldier. Yeah. Um, to give opportunities. You, to give you an idea of what he's doing on the field, uh, I have a quote that says, In one fight, as his men fled, he tore off his um, Whoa, epa- epaulets, which I think are like his um, like bracers. 
Um, but I don't I know. I think they are the, the shoulder things. Oh, are they? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and threw them on the ground, swearing that if they dishonored him, he would refuse to be their colonel. So that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, he's like, they're, they're trying to run away. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no. <laughs> Fine, you're not my real children. Right. Mm. Ha! <laughs> I won't be your real dad if you leave. Yep. Too bad. You're, you're bastards now. Um, he's got a nickname in the army, which is Beljean, which means pretty leg. It's because he keeps tearing off clothes. Just one leg. During war. He's got one hot leg, one less hot leg. Mm, there goes hot leg. Ooh. Ooh, hot dog. Show me that leg. Hot dog. <laughs> um, he was, but he's a non-commissioned officer in 1790, um, but four years later, he was promoted to Brigadier General, and then again promoted to General de Division, which is Major General, in October of that year. Promoted to Bigger Boy. Bigger General Boy. And after eight years, he's promoted to Sergeant, he gets a lot of promotions. Hooray, hooray. I think that, that sounds like just a lot of people are dying about him. <laughs> it might be. And they're having to fill in a little bit. Um, well, it says the events following the French Revolution gave him speedy promotions, which is how yeah. he ended up being a general. Yeah. Because people are dying. All and, the generals are dead. And it's like, you know, there's just a lot happening. So, like, we need a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And if you were already in the army, how convenient that you kind of already know what's going on. Yeah. And we also need more people. So, if, even if you have some talent, they're like, up, yeah. up you go. Um, so he's in Paris when Napoleon uh, has his coup of the government, uh, but he does not participate. He proclaims his loyalty to the Republic. Napoleon was like, hey, you want to help me? And he was like, no. Um, but he, he was like me. He's like, I just want a nap today. Yeah, he actually... <laughs> that's okay. No. Like, I'm cool with the Republic, but I'd rather not be involved. Why? Uh, he reminds me of... Um, uh, Governor Morris, in that way, also General Morris. General um, Morris, he never was. Uh, that wasn't his first name. No, <laughs> he reminds me of Governor Morris in that way, where uh, uh, Hamilton's like, "Hey, will you help me with the Constitution?" And he's like, "No, I already did my part. I'm done. <laughs> Thanks. No, bye." Um, he's just kind of like, "I don't need to do this too." Um, also, like, especially with the coup of the government, you don't really know how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's better you're not involved if you don't have to be. Um, but either way, afterwards, obviously Napoleon takes over, and he returns to the Army of Italy until he's appointed ambassador to Austria in February 1798. Um, he doesn't like it, though. He doesn't like being their ambassador. And, uh, it says he took no care to disguise his disdain for the job and forced his Republican principles upon everyone. That, uh, that seems kind of over the top for someone who could have just been executed for not partaking. For not helping. Yeah. Sure. Um, and then when a mob tore down the tricolor flag and lit it on fire uh, while the police watched, Bernadeau left. Uh, I would I would have left. I mean, yeah, they might kill you now. It's like, I saw what happened in my but country. But he, like, insistently put that flag up. He's like, you're going to have the tricolor flag of France and the New Republic up. And mm-hmm. Austria's like, no. No. And he's like, I'm going to go get uh, my boss and he's going to be really mad at you. Yeah. They're like, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> we, hate, we hate Napoleon. Shut up. Um... So, and then it says, Bonaparte welcomes him with open arms back, 
um, after that. Why and is he? He's like creeping me out with how nice he's being. I I'll, don't like I'll it. I'll get to it. I'll tell you. And in August, tasked him with presenting the directory with the regimental flags captured from the enemy. The letter accompanying the flags praised Bernadotte considerably. Why? What is Hold happening? On. Hold on. I'm going to tell you in like oh, two seconds. What is happening? Um, says when he was forced to resign his command following a serious failure, Bernadotte imputed the charges to the government. Surprisingly, he was cleared of wrongdoing and was named Minister of War. So not only did they not punish him, they're like, you're in charge of the war. What? Yeah. So... At first, I was like, the, the articles I was reading made it sound like Bernadotte basically was like, or Bernadotte, um, I always want to say Bernadotte, but it's wrong, Bernadotte, um, but he basically was like, I don't want to do what you're doing, and I'm going to do whatever I want, and that Napoleon was like, okay, fine. And I was like, that doesn't seem real. <laughs> and when I was, I was talking to Kate about it when I was researching it, um, because I like to get, like, her opinion on what she thinks of it before I do a topic. A resident, um, a resident extra scholar. Yes. Cat cat. Um, and I was like, why is he doing this? Like, it's so strange. Sounds like he's, like, gonna murder him. And I thought, I was like, have I discovered someone who, like, Napoleon is actually intimidated by? Like, what is, what's happening? Right? Um, the answer is No. Um, there are political reasons why he's treating him this way. Um, and the reason is, uh, and this is why I said he kind of, like, has Napoleon's life almost. Um, so the Bonapartes, right, we know that they are from Corsica, um, and that they used to be, um, it's called petty noble. Petty nobility. They're, they have no claim whatsoever no. to anything no, no, important. No, definitely not. But they used to be, like on the cusp of becoming noble men as a family. Um, like, they're almost, like, they're, like, uh, middle high class. Mm-hmm. Almost high class. They had, like, two minivans. They were <laughs> they were doing all right. But, like, nice minivans. <laughs> like, ones with a racing stripe on the side. Yeah. So you feel Sexy. like you're going really fast when you get groceries. <laughs> ones that have, like, automatic door opens, you know? You don't have to pull on it. You feel like you're actually in a spaceship when you drive one. Super cool. Because it's huge, but you have all the dials. <laughs> but you have all the power. Um, but, like, you know, Napoleon, part of his hope before he was like, I'm going to take over the government, was just that he could raise his social standing by being in the army, mm-hmm. um, which worked very well for him, actually. Um, and it does the same thing for Bernadotte, because I assume that's kind of what he was doing. After his dad died, he probably... You know, he probably didn't want to be a lawyer, but he also, like, seemed like he wanted to have the upward momentum from uh, his ancestors. And he was like, military works. And it did, also. But, um, so the Bonapartes, they move... This is... I'm going back in time. So they move... (laughs) (laughs) They move back to France uh, from Corsica, because Corsica's having lots of problems with independence and stuff. Corsica is garbage. It is garbage, and they're having problems. So they move back to Paris, uh-huh. and uh, they make contacts with a rich merchant family that they're friends with, um, mm-hmm. who are the Clarys in Marseille. Marseille. Um, and it says, uh, marriages between the two families were considered appropriate. Um, and when they say appropriate, they mean, please marry this guy's daughters. Please. Please. To all of her sons. Um, and uh, Napoleon's brother, 
uh, it says settled for Julie Clary, which I was like, wow. What is his brother's name? How rude. Joseph. Joseph? Joseph settles for <laughs> for Julie, um, who's apparently the less attractive of the two, I guess, is what that means. You're yeah. not doing this for attractive kids. It's always about women and how pretty they are. No, it's about your kids are going to be richer than you were. Shut Every up. Every time. Shut up. Um, I'm sure Joseph didn't say that. It's just someone. Uh, it's a dude writing this, judging oh. her. So the writer's an idiot. Yes. Um, I mean, I don't think Joseph would have married her, being like, well, she's the ugly one, but I guess I'll take her. I um, can, I, can I just wait till the child grows up <laughs> underneath? Hey. Um, while Napoleon became engaged to Desiree. That's a stripper name. <laughs> Sorry. Um, her, actually, her first name is uh, Eugenie, uh, which is funny, because Napoleon wrote that um, romance novella mm-hmm. about uh, Clisson et Eugenie, which is about his... Um, Engagement to uh, Desiree, which mm. obviously doesn't work out because he doesn't marry her. You know when you're so excited alert. for your marriage that you write a fan fiction about yourself? It's so cute. Um, <laughs> but what happens, it's weird though because I guess what happens in the book, spoiler alert, if you're going to read this 80-page spo- novella. Spoiler alert. I guess what happens in the book is that they're engaged or they get married and then he goes to war and then she cheats on him. And then he's just sad boy. The end. Which is exactly what happens with Josephine. Which mm-hmm. is like, hmm, maybe you should have stuck with the one you wrote about. Because as far as I know, Desiree doesn't cheat on anybody ever. So Maybe it's what he wanted to happen. He's like, I don't know. It's more dramatic this way. I hope Josephine cheats. <laughs> but he literally like wrote his future. And I'm like, you stupid moron. You should have <laughs> made it happier. You idiot. Um, so Napoleon's like, hey, Desiree, right? Um, Look at this. I wrote this about us. Oh, it's She's like, why do I cheat on you? This like, is terrible. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it was more dramatic. <laughs> um, but he keeps uh, being interested in other women, it says. Um, and he became seriously involved with Josephine de Beauharnais, uh, seven years his senior, and broke off his engagement with her. I get it. So She's bye, hot. Desiree. She's super hot. Josephine's hot. Already has kids. Great. Great. Easy peasy. She smells good. She's got, like, ties to actual nobility, which mm-hmm. is very helpful. Like, royalty. So She can, like, bench press him, which is <laughs> so hot. It's true. Yeah. Also, older ladies, they just, mm. they know what they want, they know what's up. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Desiree, obviously, pissed. Because what in the hell? Mm-hmm. Especially, like, I know in some ways, like, an arranged marriage probably sounds like kind of a crappy deal, um, especially to people now, but especially when you like are friends with their family, mm-hmm. it's like that's kind of especially at the time expected and almost like anticipated when you're younger. So it's likely that almost their whole lives, if they were close, that they were like, oh hey, like we're gonna get married someday. And like I feel like young girls would be really excited about that probably, unless the boy is like terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sounds like Napoleon was like decently attractive and like smart, and so it's probably like yeah, that's gonna be great. And then he's just a huge douche. Mm-hmm. Um, He's like, just kidding. I want to marry this old lady with kids. And she's like, what? <laughs> what? Um, and she's extra pissed because um, he stole her virginity uh, because they were engaged. Yeah. So she slept with him. And then he's like, bye. bye. And so now she's like sullied, mm-hmm. you know, so it's even more annoying that she's just like, you're terrible and I hate you. Mm-hmm. And also like probably broken hearted. Yeah. Um, but anyway, back to 
our, our present time. So that's like leading up to about the same time um, that Bernadotte <laughs> is also in Paris and he meets and marries Desiree Clary. Uh, oh my gosh. So she's the daughter of the merchants whose house he had stayed in before. So he'd lived at their house before, so probably flirted with her. So, and do, so do they like conspire to take down Napoleon in hijinks? Uh, not really. I'm but so sad. <laughs> you'll like what happens though. should have. So he, so Bernadotte or Bernadotte and Desiree get married. Oh, she was also engaged to General Defoe, or Defoe, I don't know how to say it. Um, but their relationship ended prematurely when he was killed in a riot in Rome that year. So, Desiree was like two for two bad engagements. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. this one left me and was terrible, this one died, and then Bernadotte's like, I'm here, babe, let's do this. She's like, let's find out what happens to you. She's like, thank goodness. Um, I mean, literally the best that you could have hoped for. I'm not being, uh, like, what's the word? Oh, go ahead. Fine. Um, I'm not being hyperbolic. Like, okay. it's literally the best thing. And Bernardo mostly marries her because she's rich, which mm-hmm. is fair. Um, his family's not rich. Uh, the quote says, he had a prosperous career, she had money. And I'm like, I mean, that sounds like a great marriage to yeah. me. Great. I'd be into it. I just need to find a man with a prosperous career. <laughs> In April 1799, he returns to Paris, and that's when he's... They get married the year before, um, but he's back in Paris. And uh, he was invited to participate in a a coup. The Hunger Games? No, in a different coup by director Sieyes. I can't ever pronounce his name. It's S-I-E-Y-E-S. With accents like this. I don't know why you're... Telling I'm me. just telling you're, you. You're, for, it's not really for you. It's for listeners. It's not for me. We, yeah. we all knew that. Um, but he's like, hey, you want to help me with a coup? And Bernadotte's like, no. Because that's what he says every time someone asks, hey, do you want to help me with a coup? Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't do anything to stop the coup either. No, he just wants to stay home um, and have sex with his hot wife. And that's when he gets to be the minister of war. Oh. Right? So, um, I'm so confused by this man. But also says within a few months, um, Director C.A. has forced him to resign anyway. Mm. So he's not a minister of war for very long. He's not a real minister. <laughs> no. Um, oh, but so the reason that Napoleon's being so nice to him is that Napoleon's brother is married to Julie Clary, and uh, Bernadotte is married to Desiree Clary, Um so, like, in a weird way by marriage, Bernardo is related to him. Mm-hmm. And so he keeps doing things that piss Napoleon off, but he can't punish him because, like, and especially the higher up Napoleon gets, he can't punish him because it looks bad for his family. It sure. makes it look like, it makes it bad looking for him. Yeah. So he keeps, like, <laughs> he does this a lot where he moves him around to different positions like they do with priests yeah. because he keeps messing up everywhere he goes mm-hmm. and he's just like gosh dang it like can you just be somewhere and not suck um i thought he was trying to get him killed like if we just get you high enough think eventually so. you'll mess up and just murder yourself um i don't think so i think honestly he was trying to get him as far away from the battlefield as possible because every time he screws up it's like on the battlefield and that's mm-hmm. where napoleon's the most angry about it um, because he keeps not only moving him around, but moving him up in the chain. But, like, the farther up you get, the less fighting you do. And the mm-hmm. less you're actually on the battlefield right. to mess things up. Um, but anyway, so he maintains his neutrality through this coup. Um, and then he's on good terms with Napoleon, it says, at this time. Um, and he has a son with uh, his wife, who's named Oscar, who's born the next year. 
Um, what and does then, Oscar become? I'll tell you. Uh, I'm um, excited to see what he metamorphoses into. And in the new regime, Bernardo was made counselor of state and was put in command of the Western Army. So this isn't yet where he's screwing up, but it will be soon. Um, <laughs> Just wait. So Napoleon comes back from Egypt, which he's pretty pissed about because they did very badly. They did terrible things to cabbages in Egypt. Um, and this is before Napoleon's like in charge completely. I get my coups confused because there's so many in the French Revolution. It's disgusting. So the first coup was not about Napoleon being in charge. I think that was about the... um, The monarchy? uh, The safety, whatever it is. Safety council? Safety dance. Nope. I think, that was about, I think that was about. I think that was Robespierre. Okay. Um, and this is Napoleon comes back and he's like pissed about Egypt, but then he's like, "Hey, you want to help me take over the government?" And once again, Bernadette's like, "No." Every single time someone asks him, "You want a coup?" The answer is no. Um, and I don't know why they keep asking him. Like seriously. Uh, his, his but despite him being kind of in the nobility now by marriage, um, his wife is saved, and he is too. Um, from Napoleon's potential wrath after the coup and things, because um, he, he didn't help him, mm-hmm. because of uh, Joseph was like, hey, be nice to Bernadette or Bernadette. And, Napole- and there's a quote from Napoleon that says, I want to send him away with all the um, cabals without there being any talk. I cannot get my own back in any other way. Joseph likes him, and I'd have everyone against me. Ah, what a pain <laughs> it is to have to take the family into consideration. Yeah. Gosh, if only I could be an orphan. This you is the worst. You just need to kill all of them. Yeah. Um, so despite owing his position to connections to Napoleon, uh, rumors begin flying around of Bernadotte's secret meetings, anti-Bonaparte propaganda, and attempts to incite a mutiny of troops against the First Council. Anti-Boner rebellion. Yep. <laughs> a bone apart. Um, and they, uh, people high up in Napoleon's uh, government, yeah, yeah. Um, they start telling him that they think that Bernadotte was the, uh, what do they say? That he was involved in the butter jar conspiracy. Yikes. Which, it was very hard for me to figure out what that was. Get your hand out of the butter jar. I googled it, and yeah. it didn't exist. <laughs> what? At all. And so then, Is I was reading a different article about it, and then it led me to another name for it, which was the butter... I, I think it wasn't called the butter jar the first time. It was like the butter basket or something. It's not better. No, but they're both butter-related. But, um, yeah, it didn't come up the first time. Butter face. <laughs> but um, I guess what happened is... So there's a... There's some butter being delivered in a basket with a pamphlet... It's written at Rennes, uh, and I guess that's where Bernadotte was living at the time, in Rennes. So someone delivered a a buttery, buttery, a butter delivery, Yes, which is called a buttery. Yes. And there was a little note inside that says, hey, let's, maybe we should just all kill Napoleon. (laughs) And that was the conspiracy? Kind of. (laughs) Um, So, but he, so he's lived, or he lives in that town. And then they get butter delivered from them. I don't know why. They have the best butter in all of France. Mm-hmm. And 
There's a very violent character in this pamphlet. Paula Deen. Um, no. Napoleon. <laughs> Who's said to have been inspired by Bernadotte. Um... And he was, uh, who, like I said, he was living in Rennes. Um, and it was sent to the headquarters of one of uh, Moreau's aides-de-camp um, at Paris in a basket of Brittany butter. So the butter's not even from Rennes, it's from Brittany. Whatever. Brittany butter. Brittany butter. Butter face. <laughs> um, says, the pamphlet was scarcely less than mutinous. Scarcely. Scarcely less. Um, in it, Bonaparte was mentioned as a skull-capped Corsican and a capuchin monk, which was a reference to a deal he made with the Papal See. Um, Maybe just like the cappuccinos. Why are you so down on him? <laughs> and the murderer of Kleber, which I googled and learned nothing about again. <laughs> so not important. So, they picked like all the the least important, the most things. boring <laughs> things I could find. Yep. Okay. Um, and this is in eighteen. Uh, he doesn't even go here. This isn't like the early 1800s. So Napoleon's like just getting on his feet. Um, and so Napoleon does the thing where he moves them all around. Because they're like, hey, this dude might be after you. Um, so he, to remove him as a potential threat. Is he? Is he actually? I, I don't know. I whether, don't know. It doesn't say in any of the sources I read whether or not he did the butter thing. But he doesn't seem to care about him very much. He doesn't seem to do anything. No, he doesn't care at all. <laughs> I think the world is making a way bigger <laughs> deal of him than he is. Oh, it will. <laughs> um, and so it says perhaps to remove him as a threat, and I'm like 100% to do that. In 1801, Napoleon offers him a position as governor of Louisiana. So get to okay, America. Bye. Great. That's awesome. Uh, he refuses. Of course he does, he but make him. He doesn't want to go to America. Make him. No one wants to go there. Uh, Do so it anyway. So instead, he offers him the position of ambassador to the United States, which still get him over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he accepts that, but then he doesn't leave France and he gets a different position. He's like, yeah, I'll talk to America, but I don't want to go there. I can't believe the amount of sass this man gives Napoleon. I know. It's remarkable. Oh, but he God. can't do anything to him because he's freaking related to him. You now. know what? That's why he didn't get what he wanted in life. If he, he didn't just marry the first girl he was engaged to? Yeah. It would have been so much better for Or him. even worse, if he was like Stalin, he was like, fine, just murder you. I literally That's don't care. True. But no, his image was really important to him. His image. Mm-hmm. If you're powerful enough, you can control your image. I'm just like, Bay, why don't you just marry Desiree? She seems great. <laughs> All of your problems. She seems great. <sighs> I know Josephine's hot, but like, she's also the one who cheated on you and ruined your life, kind of. At least as far as your love life goes. You kind of ruin the rest of your life, but... It's like that thing where you only get the partner that, like, you think you deserve. Yeah. And he wasn't worthy of Desiree because she's too good for him. Yeah. He's like, here's, here's like, the best image that my brain could come up with for us. It's like, it's terrible. He's like, yes, that's what I want. That's what I want. And I'll get it with Josephine. (laughs) Secretly, this is what I want. Terrible. So, um, he, he tries to get him to go to the United States, won't do it. So he's like, well, fine. It's like, aren't there um, alligators there? Yes. Then no. Uh, the empire is proclaimed in 1804, like, properly. And Napoleon, again, it says, tries to smooth over the family difficulties, this time by making Bernadotte a marshal of the empire and governor of Hanover. Um, it appeared that Bernadotte was finally, or had finally agreed to serve under Napoleon, for Bernadotte said to his friend, General uh, Sarazin, I swear that from this day on, Bonaparte will have no more faithful follower than Bernadotte. He's writing that? No, he said that to his friend. 
still he's like referring to himself in his third person. But yeah, Bonaparte and Bernadotte. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I'm going to follow that boy. I'm going to follow that boy. And we'll have no problems. Spoiler alert, that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, so they continue to have problems uh, to make him farther away. Like I said, he makes him a marshal. And then in 1806, Napoleon's like, hey, you want to be Prince of Pontecorvo? Once again, just, like, get him as far away from me as possible mm-hmm. and, like, put him in charge of something stupid I don't care about. Away from me. But it has to be the path of least resistance, otherwise he won't get out of bed. Right. So it's Prince of Porto Corvo, which he accepts. Where does he'll that? do that? Um, I believe it's part of Italy. Okay. But I don't know. He's like, oh, that sounds pretty nice. Sure. I might do that. Why not? Prince is pretty good. So. Oh, no. Now he's in position to do a whole lot of weirdness, though. Um, I don't know when this is. It must be when he's a marshal. Um, on the, it says, on the evening of the 5th of July. This is the kind of thing he does in battle that pisses Napoleon off to no end. On the evening of the 5th of July, he and his men attacked Wagram. Um, I don't know where that is. But they panicked and fell back. Bernadotte was overheard telling others that he had been in charge instead of Napoleon. Um... If he had been in charge, said Napoleon, mm. they wouldn't have even needed to fight. Oh, how nice. Um, and treason. During, That's treason. During the battle the next day, Bernadotte had abandoned an important village without orders, and he and Marshal Massena were ordered to retake it. After yes. The more I learned about him, the more I'm like, you know what, he, he was born to be an Italian. <laughs> All of these uh, things. After retaking the village, the Austrians counterattacked and drove Bernadotte's men back. Bernadotte galloped back in a hope to stop their retreat, and as he did so, came across Napoleon, who saw him fleeing from battle. Bye. Time to take my siesta. Napoleon immediately rebuked him and stripped him of his command, telling him to leave the battlefield. Two days later, Bernadotte published a bulletin praising the Saxons for their exceptional contribution to the victory. Napoleon was further infuriated and published an official rebuke. I mean, if that if this man had just like a fraction of a percent more ambition, yeah. he would be a real problem. Yeah, I know. Why is he not murdered? I don't know. He just doesn't think he's a concern, I guess. I don't know. Guilt about Desiree? I don't know. I don't know. Um, so yeah, he goes. He gets sent back to Paris because Napoleon's like, gosh, you suck and you're ruining my whole life. Um, Just, like, imagining the number of people in France who were murdered for much less. Right. Um, But then, in August, Napoleon sends him to Antwerp to fight off the British. Antwerp! Sorry, Antwerp. Walcheren. I like Antwerp quite a bit. Um, I learned about it a lot in my Renaissance class, and I was like, oh, this is really cool, but the name of it's terrible. I need to, after this, I'm going to show you this, uh, a Dandy Sex Bang remix of Uh, singing Antwerp. Nice. Um, so Napoleon's getting more suspicious of Bernadotte, and he doesn't like him because he thinks he's trying to take him over. Um, and so he sends a general to keep an eye on him when he sends him to Antwerp. Um, but it says, bad weather and disease stop the British plans, uh, without a battle being fought. But Bernadotte published another bulletin stating that with only his 15,000 men, he would have fought off any number of British soldiers. He's terrible. Yeah, he didn't do anything, literally, and he's like, I could have done it. I could have done that. Um, Napoleon's again annoyed, uh, this time for Bernadotte giving away the strength of his forces, because he says how many soldiers they have. Yeah, they're at war, right? Which is Uh a problem. See, he keeps Uh. doing this. 
like screwing up. England can read French. What are you doing? Right. I mean, they don't like to, but they'll do it to find out the secrets. Mm-hmm. Um, so it says Napoleon's again annoyed, and he wrote, This is the first occasion on which a general has been known to betray his position by an excess of vanity. That's not true. It is definitely not true, but <laughs> that's not true. He's like, but I'm also the first emperor in the world. Woo! <laughs> That's right. Anything that happens is the first time it's ever happened to me. Okay. So, Haley, what does any of this have to do with Swedish people at all? Uh, I they, didn't mention them at any amount. They claimed neutrality during Napoleon's reign for something? Um, They do. Does he marry into Swedish royalty? Nope. Oh, I hope he doesn't marry into Sweden. <laughs> okay. Wait, so... He, he goes jogging in Sweden? With, <laughs> no. e, with Jesus? He does not. <laughs> so, at this time, Sweden's having a problem. Uh, Sweden has a lot of problems. It's true. But right now, Sweden's having a very specific problem with their royal family. Mm-hmm. So, they had a king... Like the like official king and his and his wife and everything, but everybody hated them, so they forced them to abdicate wow. to his brother. What? Because they didn't like him. What is like, the what? public is like? I refuse to have this guy's king, and the, the nobles are like, "You gotta go. You just need to spank your nobility <laughs> over your knee and get back to work." Every time Sweden in this responds, it's so funny because it is very neutral, I feel like. Like, they're like, hey, get out of here. And the royal family was just like, okay. You used to be Vikings. What's wrong with you? <laughs> they just relaxed over the years. Like, eh. It's like, you know, when, like, they're, like, men who are, like, really angry in, like, their young adulthood and then they become old men and they're like, yeah. They're just, like, tired from being angry so much yeah. that they're just like, whatever. Right. And that's Sweden. Yeah. Um, they're, like, bang a banger youth, and now they're like, eh. Right. But so they're like, we much prefer your brother and his wife, mm-hmm. right? So they become um, well, the royal family now. The royal family. Sure. Yes, the king and queen. But they have a problem because, even though they're liked a lot better, um, they have three kids, but all of them die when they're, like, in infancy. Try harder. So, and he, and then he's like 61 now. Oh my gosh. So it's like, he's not. This is why you don't let peasants choose your nobility. <laughs> but he's not like making any more babies, probably. Not effectively. And not with his wife, because I'm sure she's old too. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, oh man, we need somebody to be <laughs> prince. Oh right? man, we effed up. So they're, first they go to like the Danish royal house, because they're like, you know, close by. Those potato mouths. They're kind of related. Ugh, they don't know how um, to speak. And so they're like, hey, we want somebody from your royalty. Just move them over here. Um, which seems weird, because at this time they're, they're not friends. Um, and it says, however, soon after the, their first choice had been made, um, he fell off his horse and died. He, so, he is in like the Danish royalty? Yeah, the Danish prince that they wanted. Probably like their backup prince. They were like, "Can we <laughs> have backup? Can prince. we have that one?" Um, and then he died. Their so. Plan B prince. Actually, they're on yeah. like Plan C at this point. Yeah, they're <laughs> at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but he died, and so they're like, "Well, balls." Um, Who else can we ask? Who else has a spare? It says, and then they thought about his younger brother. Apparently, they've got more spares mm-hmm. in uh, <laughs> Denmark. But uh, that one's like, no. No, that's okay. Some, something's wrong <laughs> with your. <laughs> I'll die. Something's wrong with your kingdom. It's I cursed. I don't want it. But then they were like, wait a minute. You know what we really want? I told you this. A king that's alive. I mean, that too. (laughs) Um, What they really want is Finland. 
Because they've owned Finland. It's their ball sack. They've had the colony yeah. of Finland for 700 years. I don't know why you And then it. Russia kicked in the door and just took it. Uh, yeah. And they left Sweden alone, apparently. But they were like, I want this. And Sweden, like, as much as they don't want to be in, like, an aggressive war, they're like, but wait a minute, that was ours, and we want it back. Yeah. Um, we want those dirty fins back in our life. Hey, you already have a bunch of rowdy drunks. Give us our rowdy drunks back. So they're like, who could get us back Finland? And they're like, um, what we really want is somebody who's, like, a good military leader. Mm -hmm. You know who has the best military leaders right now? Who's, like, headed in that direction anyway? France. Yeah. They sure do. Hey, so on your way to Russia, can you just, like, drop off some Finland? And apparently... That would be great. So, so, um, they end up, um, asking Bernadotte if he'll be... Well, that's a mistake. Why would you do that? And he says yes. Of course. I can't believe this, man. And so, I guess what happened, uh, this must be true because I don't know any other reason why they would pick him. No reasons. Um, besides that they've seen him kind of rise up the ranks, so they probably think he's good. They thought he was good. Yeah. They were so wrong. Um, (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) But at some point, I guess, in one of his battles, I think it was in Austria, um, they had some Swedish... I read this in, like, one source, and then I couldn't find it again. They had these Swedish uh, people there who were taken as prisoners. You mean Swedes? Yes. Yeah. Um, They were taken as prisoners, and then he was like, what are we doing with these people? Like, send them back to Sweden. Why are they here? I'm just imagining And apparently he was like... Standing neutrally in a cell, like, what do we do? Yeah. And apparently he was like, yeah, why are they prisoner? They don't even... They're not even... They don't even go to this country. Like, send them home. Mm -hmm. Um, And apparently they went home and then just bragged about how cool he was to everyone. They were like, this general is top-notch, super nice Frenchman. I wish he was my dad. I wish he was my general. Um, and then he became their dad. Yeah. Everyone's dad. What if he was our dad, said um, Sweden. There was also one source that told me he was not the first choice of many Swedes. <laughs> I hope. But he was the only one willing to renounce his religion of Catholicism. I mean... They were like, we're not Catholic up here. Lutheran. And he was like, okay, that's fine. That's fine. I'm, I'm not married to Catholicism. I, I am it's all fine. about the path of least resistance. It's true. <laughs> and it's like, you know, eh. Drop in a religion, that's nothing. Right. So this is, like, pretty close to when Napoleon made him prince of whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, actually, I got this offer to be prince regent to become king of Sweden. Did, did so Napoleon lose his mind? No, I guess, actually, Napoleon was pretty excited because okay. they're related. That he was, like, cool. And then if you're in charge of this country, you can help me with a whole other country's people and influence. Or just ruin it. So he's like... Hey, yeah, I'm totally cool with that, but, like, swear allegiance to France for me. Mm -hmm. And then Bernadotte was like, no. (laughs) Of course. He's like, I can't promise that, because my country's going to have to come first, and my new country, Sweden. My country has to come first. And Napoleon was like, okay, fine, whatever. Um, But he still believed, it says in a couple sources I read, that, like, uh, and I'm sure he must have written this somewhere, he believed uh, that because Bernadotte was French, that he would naturally have, like, French ideals in his heart. Don't assume that. And so that. he, yeah, like, because you're a Frenchman, you have such love and loyalty for your country that you will, <laughs> it will endure forever. How quickly memory fades. I know. What a sweet darling. Do you, do you remember when all the <clears throat> people of French were murdering all the people of France? Yeah. <laughs> the people of French. <laughs> the people of uh, French. <laughs> Those are two different places, French and France. <laughs> yeah. When the French invaded France. Yep. 
French. Mmm, cool French. It says the new prince himself became, quotation fingers, completely Swedish. Um, he renounced Catholicism and took the affairs of the kingdom to heart. Which means, bye France. Bye. Um, and I guess he never learned to speak Swedish. Um, yeah. But they spoke French, so it didn't matter. Yeah. Everyone speaks French at this time. So Everyone fine. does. It's the language of the world. And I guess, like, some Swedish kings before him were kind of obsessed with French. Mm-hmm. Like, there's there's some story of this, like, French, or this Swedish king having a heart attack. Um, and he was, like, also apparently a Francophile, which is probably why they were like, hey, maybe a French dude. Um, but he, like, had a heart attack, and apparently his, like, exclamation of surprise or something was in French and not Swedish. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> it's like, he, it becomes oh so God. ingrained in him that it's, like, France is his, or, like, French is his go-to. Um, which is, like, kind of adorable. Question. Was the original king, who they're like, get out, mm-hmm. is he still around when this happens? I don't know. Like, just watching is, like... They don't mention rough. him ever again. He, yeah, okay. So I'm like, I don't know. I'm sure he still is, like, if he's alive, I'm sure he's still, like, living in the country, probably. Sure. It doesn't sound like they kicked him out of the country, mm-hmm. just out of his position. Um, but, yeah, seems that way. Um, and so he moves there um, in, I think, 1810-ish. Um, his wife doesn't join him until 1823. She's just hanging out in France mm-hmm. for, like, 13 years without him. Um, but they already have a son, so that's great. We don't even have to worry about him. Yeah. Um, and he reigns until 1844 when he dies of a stroke. Um, but I have some more information to tell you in the in-between. Um, so they change his name, which is why I told you we were talking about a Swedish king mm-hmm. who's named Charles. Yeah. Um, he's Charles the Fourteenth John of Sweden. Charles Fourteenth John. I'm assuming they put John in there because of his first name, Jean. Um, is the same name, uh, just in French. Or is John just the word for king? It's not. My name is Charles. I'm the 13th I'm, John. I'm the John. I'm the, the 13th John. I'm the toilet. The 13th one. <laughs> the 13th toilet mm-hmm. of Sweden. Um, the Jan, if you will. The Jan. And they called him Carl John. Carl John. Carl John. Carl Jan. Or Carl Johan. Johan. Mm-hmm. He was traveling to Rome... Um, to be a governor general before that. Mm-hmm. And then he learned that he had been elected crown prince. I'm like, how do you learn that? Someone's like, Somebody hey, did call you, him on the phone. Did you hear this? That you're the, like, gonna be the king of Sweden? Um, and apparently the general of Orebro was the one who was like, hey, this guy. Um, so it's just like some random dude in the nobility that's like in the, like, um, cabinet or whatever. They're like, this guy's cool. And they're like, cool. Weird. He sounds great. Um, and they thought it would be good for them because he was related to Napoleon too. I'm, that's so they're like, the, this is a good plan. It's the only thing that makes more sense. Like you couldn't find anyone in your own country. Yeah, it says as uh, Bernadotte was one of the most loyal allies of the French emperor, and I'm like, he's not. He's not. From the outside, maybe it looks like that though because of his promotions. No. Um, the Swedes hoped to escape Napoleon's wrath by choosing one of his marshals. Um, that's also smart. It is smart. Um, this is the only man that Napoleon hasn't killed. Yep. We should uh, we like should, him. We should get him yeah. to be our king now. Um, so, like I said earlier, they're like, hey, thanks, military leader man. Come to our place. Please be king. And once he's king, they're like, hey, we want Finland back. Can mm-hmm. you do that? And By the way. He looks... <laughs> Carl Johan looks east to Finland. 
and thinks about Russia. And he says no. And all the problems with the idea of the giant full force of Russia coming down on him in his <laughs> new small country where there's no one. And on the other hand, and they're, a nap. And their yeah, baby uh, <laughs> army compared to the French army. No. And even the French army shouldn't take on Russia. No. He probably doesn't think. And so he's like, ooh. So he just slowly turns to the west and goes, how about Norway? Mm-hmm. Norway's like Finland, except for it's surrounded by water. And the people who own it don't even touch it with land, so it'd be harder for them to kill us. And they're, all the people in Norway are 75% less drunk all the time. Um, and we almost speak the same language. That, or you guys, not me, because I'm yeah. French. But you guys almost speak the exact same language they do. It's way closer. Whereas these people, what are they Who even, even knows what... No one knows what I mean, I don't know what any of you are saying when you speak Swedish, yeah. but like they, that doesn't even sound right. That's not human language. <laughs> what is over here? Right, so he's like, just to turn away from the east. Let's look at the west. It's just um, pure swearing coming out of Finland. <laughs> yep. So Finland had been owned for Sweden or by Sweden for 700 years before Russia took them, which is why they were attached to them. They were like, oh, but that was ours for, like, centuries. <laughs> Our balls. Yeah, why? Well, give them back. <laughs> but Norway, next to them, had been owned by Denmark for 400 years. And just chilling, I guess. They're like, what ifs? Um, and then... Uh, so, so this is the time when Napoleon's like, hey, uh, I need everyone to stop being friends with England because I don't appreciate them. And if you don't, I will destroy you. They make fun of me and I don't like it. And Carl Johan says, fine. The 13th John. He says, fine. Um, but he still talks to them and everybody's aware that it's like yeah. not a big like like England's not even mad about it they're like whatever, whatever. Um, he just reduces the trading they do with them by like a butt ton mm-hmm. but he, they're still fine like they're not mad nobody's actually mad at him um, and then he after that Napoleon's like hey come to war with me and then he's like, no. <laughs> what um, do you think I'm going to say? Right. What did you think I was going to say? I thought your inner Frenchman would trust him and believe in him. It wasn't when you were actually French. <laughs> yeah, I know. Never. No. If the option is like <laughs> a thing versus a nap, he's going to take the nap if it's, Every if it's more difficult. And so uh, this is when um, Carl Johan actually starts the... Uh, Tradition of neutrality in Sweden. <laughs> I love it. You he always, says, no. Always, you always think of uh, neutrality as like an active kind of negating, I yeah. suppose. But no, he'd been doing this whole life. Yeah. Saying no is what came naturally he's to a, him. He, he's a conscientious <laughs> objector in general. Of life. Just of life, yeah. The like, only, no. Really, the only reason he became king is because it was probably it afforded him more naps. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, if I'm king, I can nap all day. Every day. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> the, the I'm going to learn the language. The most ideal situation for a man such as him. Yeah. And so he's like, nah, that's nah. okay. We're going to sit this one out, babe. I don't think so. I think I'm going to sit out everything forever. But then he's like, ooh, I really want that Norway right there. Right. Mm. That would be great. And these people keep bugging me about Finland, and I'll get them off my back probably. Yeah. And so then he's like, hey, England, Russia, I'll team up with you guys instead of Napoleon. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I do, I'm going to sneak into Norway real quick and take it over, and I'd like you to just like be okay with that. I want a new fancy hat. Right. And England and Russia are like totes. 
Yeah. yeah Sounds sure. great. We couldn't care less about yeah. Norway or Denmark. Yeah. So do whatever you want. Um, and he's like, cool beans. So they take over Norway. Pretty easily, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, it's not that he is, like, a super bad military leader, because he's not. It's just, like, he doesn't care enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so for once, it's like, it almost seems like people worshipping him uh, makes him care. Mm, I see. It's like he yeah. develops a sense of care for them. <laughs> it's like he never cared enough about the French people, yeah. but when he gets to Sweden and everyone's so nice to him mm-hmm. and just, like, thinks he's the greatest, he's like, oh, okay, oh, I um, like that. Um, I like yeah, it when you say, help you. when you call me a good boy, I like it. Right. Oh, oh. maybe if Napoleon oh. ever did that, instead mm-hmm. of just pretending like he liked me. Um, but so they take Norway back, and, uh... And because the king of Denmark did ally with Napoleon, it was like, well, we're at war anyway. Mm-hmm. Technically. Right. So, ha! So, ha! Um, and so in 1814, he takes over uh, Norway. And uh, that is the last war that Sweden will ever fight in. Uh, good for you, Sweden. So he's like, good, done. Won, won my one war, and now I'm going to sit down forever. <laughs> Time to take my nap of eternity. And we're done. <laughs> and we're done. That's... And not just I'm done, we're done forever. We're done. Literally forever. Oh, like someone. All of Europe is in war twice? I don't care. I uh, I vacuumed the house once, and I'm never doing it again. No, it doesn't need it if Ever. I just don't go anywhere. If I don't go outside, the floors don't get muddy. I don't have to clean it. Bingo. I'm going to start making build-a-furniture <laughs> things. It's amazing. Forever. Um, and Volvos. It says, this is so mean, but I want to read this quote to you. It says, while the Norwegians had never seriously revolted against the Danish rule, like, you're not even trying to be independent, um, the idea of being handed over to this new Swedish king like cattle, it was said, was a bit too much. Yeah. They're like, hey, wait a minute. Wait. We're not totally okay with you just coming in and being our new royalty. We don't like just being passed back and forth. Mm -hmm. Um, So then the Norwegians are like, "Mm -mm." so they elect... Um, some people. We'll elect our own Frenchmen. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, they they elect some people, they make a constitution, and they're like, we're our own thing. And Sweden's like, no. Mm, no, I want... You're not. But then my head will get cold. And the Swede- And so I guess Carl Johan goes over there, and he's like, hey, how about instead of you being your own thing, I'll let you totally keep all the people you elected. It's just that, like, I'm technically in charge. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, that's fair. Yeah. And he's like, great. You see, the path of least resistance always works. Killing it. And honestly, especially with colonies, the French are best at this. Mm-hmm. They almost don't want to be in your disgusting nation ever. Yeah. They would all like to be in France. It's just they also want what you have and to be mm-hmm. in charge. Yeah. So they would love to have you take care of everything they don't want to do, and they'll just reap a benefit for owning you. Mm-hmm. Um, so in very much in that spirit, he lets Norway do whatever the hell they want. Right. And Norway's happy and Sweden's happy. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's happy. Everyone's happy. And then he takes his long nap forever. <laughs> his forever nap. <laughs> Until he dies. Ah, uh, the long nap of death. And then permanent nap. <laughs> the permanent nap. The and big like, nap. Yes. Oh, this is all I ever wanted was to nap forever. It's the best. It's the best. You guys don't um, even know how good dying is. It's like the nap that goes on and on. Oh, apparently the I, I did have it in here. I just had it really late. Um, the uh, he was pursuing the remains of a Prussian army in 1810, like before he got elected, mm-hmm. and that's when he like sent the Swedish people back home. 
And they were like, this dude's killer. And then they were like, oh, we also need a prince. And you say, you like that dude? <laughs> yeah. Great. Because it's like the same year that they're like, hey, you want to be in charge of our country forever and your kids? And he's like, okay. Um, and there are different reasons that people say why they picked him. Like I said, there's a whole bunch of them. Like this one says, why would the Swedes ask a French marshal, son of a lawyer, to become their king? Well, they were pretty desperate. Yeah. <laughs> They really needed someone. It's like they lost Finland, and they had deposed their other king because they, and then they appointed his senile, childless uncle. Um, so they're like, "Well, crap!" <laughs> it never um, says why they deposed their king. It's just like they didn't like him. They just and they were like, didn't "I like him." Um. Oh, I put this pretty late in here, despite the fact that it's about. Napoleon and Desiree, but it's because of uh, where these things are being kept that makes me very happy. It says, not without bad conscience because he had stolen Desiree's virginity and the honor code of the time to break off an engagement uh, when that happened. So he's not only, like, taking her virginity, but, like, you're not allowed to break up. You're not supposed to break up with them after that, Mm -hmm. if you do. So it's, like, bad form on two parts. It's like, you break it, you bought it. Yeah. Right, you have to marry that one now. Mm-hmm. You'll just have to wait till she dies, or you'll have to kill her. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently, the Swedish royal archives have a quite bitter letter from Desiree <laughs> written to Napoleon when he broke up with her. And I'm like, I love that the Swedish archives have this because now she's queen of Sweden. Yeah, and so they're like, oh, this is from our queen, <laughs> but it's Napoleon's ex fiance. Bet you're gonna regret this. You could have had all this. Um, Suck it. To show how much they don't hate Carl Johan, um, Main Street in Norway's capital, Oslo, is named after him. Oh my goodness. Carl Johan's Gate. Wow. They're into him. I mean, really, he affords them their independence, basically. Like, he was a really good pick, but it's yeah. also like, what are you going to do? Say no again? Like, you have, sure. to, you have to double down and be like, no, this was the right choice. Yeah. Um, but this is Norway, not Sweden. Mm-hmm. So oh, I see. Yeah, Norway, I mean, he basically gives them independence from Denmark and sure. then doesn't even really rule them himself. Mm-hmm. So they're like, Carl Johan's cool. Yeah, he's pretty great. Cool beans. He basically, like, fought our revolution for us. <laughs> and then just let us uh-huh. go. Um, it says, while Napoleon never, or sorry, while Josephine never managed to produce an heir to Napoleon, which would eventually lead to their divorce... Um, she had the two former, or she had her two children already, right? Mm-hmm. Um, her son Eugene marries a Bavarian princess, and their daughter, who's named Josephine, after her grandmother, would marry Carl Johan's son, Oscar I, and become <laughs> Queen of Sweden and Norway. Oh my. Oh my. Yeah. So, Josephine's kids do pretty good. Yeah. They, they get all up in that royalty. All up in that. Right. And one of them gets up in French royalty in Sweden. Mm-hmm. What's, what's, what's again? Um, Jean-Baptiste Jules Bernadotte um, is 100% French. He is 0% Swedish. Yeah. None. Um, also, oh, so there's a there was a picture in one of the things I read about um, where it says Crown Princess Victoria wore a uh, camellia diadem... Um, this is today. I don't know what that even means. Um, that Josephine, the Bavarian princess, um, brought to Sweden, and she had inherited it from her grandmother, Empress Josephine. Oh, so, like, 
there was a diadem that got passed down from Josephine to her granddaughter and then to Queen Victoria, which is cool. But it's weird because it went from fake royalty to technically also fake royalty to actual real royalty. (laughs) How nice. Fake it till you make it. Until you get to Queen Victoria. Or Princess Victoria, sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, It was made in Paris and was given as a gift from Napoleon to Empress Josephine in 1809. And then the Brits got their hands on it. Super rude. They eventually do with mm-hmm. everything. Every time. You're really lucky if they return it, but they probably won't. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the rumor and the reason that I wanted to do this about him, because okay. this is the information that I was so excited about, which, um, according to one source I read, they think it's false. Mm-hmm. But only one of them. And every other one told me that this was true. Mm -hmm. And I like it, so I'm going to believe that it's true. Because it makes it hilarious. Uh Um, So during his reign, Carl Johan allegedly would not allow doctors to examine his naked torso. Ever. Mm. He's got like a weird growth he's embarrassed Um, about. No. The explanation was discovered as his body was prepared for the funeral after he died. Of a stroke. He's got a third nipple. The former Republican soldier had a tattoo on his chest. Some sources report that it was his left arm. (laughs) Um, And among other Jacobin symbols, uh, it had the words, Death to Kings on it. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. (laughs) And so when I first heard about this... What oh my I heard, gosh. What I heard when I read this, like, two-sentence yeah. description was yeah. Charles the Fourteenth, John, King of Sweden, yeah. dies and has Death to Kings <laughs> tattooed on his chest. Yeah. And I was like, why? What? <laughs> what? Well, now you know it's because it really heated up uh, his and his wife's bedroom play. Yeah. That, like, was the hottest thing. She's like, Death to Napoleon, Ooh. that's my favorite favorite thing on earth. No, it's because he got it when he was a revolutionary and he was like, king suck. And then he became the king of Sweden. Yeah. Mm. And that's why he was like, oh, don't look at my chest. Uh, I'm okay. That's fine. But can you just take off your shirt? No. No. I'm the king. You cannot. Stop. Hey, I bet you can guess what so. my answer is. It's my answer to everything. No. Um... Only my wife gets to see my tattoo. Hey. Um, he apparently was also a Freemason. He became a Grand Master in the Swedish Freemasonry in 1811, one year after he was elected Crown Prince. So they were like, you gotta be up top Freemason, mm-hmm. killing it if you're gonna be king. And he's yeah. like, sure, whatever. Whatever. Whatever you want me to do. <laughs> whatever. As long as it um, doesn't take effort. On St. Helena, Napoleon talked about him, apparently. And there was a quote from him. Um, You know, during his final exile, where he says, He sacrificed both his new and his mother country, his own glory, his true power, the cause of the people, and the welfare of Europe. He is now the only upstart sovereign in Europe. Oh, man. Don't be bitter just because you lost. But he ends up... right. So right now, the monarchy in Sweden is directly descended from him. That's awesome. They're still French people. <laughs> They're still... The Swedish monarchy French. might be Swedish slightly now, but much less than they should be to be in charge of Sweden. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not really in charge anymore, but still. Yeah. Like, your monarchy isn't even the same nationality as you are. On the other hand, best thing that can possibly happen to any royalty in Europe is to get someone who's absolutely not related to any of you. I mean, that's true. That's um, probably why they did so well. It's like, oh, hey, someone who's not going to inbreed immediately. Although, of course, the first thing they do within a couple generations is, like, marry in a cousin. Right, yeah. Because they had to, you know, it's in fashion. Perfect. 
Um, and he is the ancestor of several monarchs today, not only in Sweden, but also in Norway, Luxembourg, Belgium, and Denmark. Because inbreeding. Yeah. Marry all the kids together. Um, and yeah, that's it. That's how a French or son of a French lawyer became the king of Sweden. What did we learn from this? Just, like, be neutral all the time. And then eventually someone wants you to be king. Just say no. Just say no. Just say no to Napoleon. Every time. Death to kings. Yeah. And even when you say yes, just don't leave the country. Which, in the end, death to kings was, like, his highest achievement. Because then he gets to nap forever. See, and this is why I said he's basically, like... He reminds me of, like, your Dr. Phil the Rasputin-like thing. (laughs) He Uh became... Everything Napoleon wanted to be. Right. Like, what did Napoleon want? Right. He wanted to be king Ugh. of France. And, and the, the reason he made himself emperor is because he wanted his kids to be in charge of France, too. <laughs> right. And what did Bernadotte get? He, Bernadotte married the woman Napoleon was supposed to marry. Uh-huh. And then he got to be king of a nation that now multiple countries still have... Um, him as their ancestor yeah. in their royal families. Yeah, Napoleon just tried too hard. Yeah, so we've learned that Napoleon was try hard, and Bernadotte was just relax and let it come to yeah. you. Yeah, don't don't get hangry. Just take a nap. You don't have to try so hard. Eat a snack. You don't have to give it all away. Marry a nice woman. Yeah. Get a sexy tattoo that she's just going to love. She's just going to yeah. grip your I mean, chest she hairs. won't live in the same country as you for like 13 years because she's kind of mad you've made her move to Sweden. But mm-hmm. then she's like, I get to be queen, so I guess it's okay. And everything's going to work out. Yeah. Just, you know, like, don't cheat on your wife that you marry. Um, and just, like, stick to your guns. Mm-hmm. And then you get to be... As long as your guns Sweden. aren't, like... Let's tick off Russia. Yeah. Like, be smart, and when it's like, should I or should I not go to war with Russia, don't go to war don't, with Russia. Maybe don't go to war with Russia, though, yeah. is the thing. Is mostly the thing. Is the main, the main thing is don't go to war with Russia. It never works out. Uh, Even when you win, you lose. Yeah. The only people who can beat them, really, are the Japanese. Mm-hmm. And mostly it's the Russians defeating themselves. Yeah. <laughs> It's just, it's that they can't get to you. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, it's like the, it's like America and Russia in the Cold War, too. It's like, that was pretty okay, because um, they can't reach us. Mm-hmm. We're too far away. Stary. So if you can touch them in any way, don't. Don't. Don't fight them. Because you'll lose. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Huh. Did you know? I didn't. That's why I, like, tried to ask you... No. It was it was hard even asking you if no, you knew it? about him no. because because <laughs> like at the little. beginning of the podcast when you were like oh, we're gonna talk about Swedish kings right and I'm like yeah <laughs> yeah but I didn't want to say like we're talking about him right now because uh-huh. um, for a long part of that it was like the French dude in the French army with Napoleon yeah. and it's like why and it's like psych it's, it's, it's such your because he's a king that I don't question it anymore it's like oh Alexis wants to say some French things I guess I'll Alexis let her Alexis just really wants to speak French for a little bit so I guess I'll let she her she just wants to use that French accent she learned so well in college no the only Swedish monarch I know anything about is Christina because she's amazing she's great uh, and then that other thing, which I guess I'll bring up now in case anyone else knows what it is. Sure. But email us and tell us who this is, Sweden. E- email us. Or anyone nearby. Like, I think know. it's Swedish, but they might be, like, Norwegian. It's some kind of, like, Scandinavian or Nordic monarch who 
like, just rode through the town slowly on Christmas, possibly, and just, like, handed out gifts to the peasants. I mean, why not? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't remember them being very good presents, but I think citizens still, t- to this day, like, oh, this is the thing I got they from the king. for centuries. This was the, the, the sock that the king threw at me. I wonder if that was um, one of uh, Jean's kids. Like maybe, maybe. maybe it was Oscar. Yeah, maybe. I'm sure he had to change his name. Mm-hmm. They don't like Oscar, probably. Oscar? Mm-hmm. Oscar. They want Carl Johan. Carl. 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 You scared me to death, Carl. 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 <laughs> Too much Twilight, right, Carl? <laughs> Too much Twilight, right, Carl? <laughs> no, but see, as Have soon as ever- I read that he had that tattoo that said Death to Kings... I was like, all I could remember was how excited you were when I showed you that picture of Olive, and I was like, I gotta do this. I re- <laughs> Haley's gonna be stoked on his tattoo. I really want to get a Death to Kings tattoo now. But then I was, like, upset, because I was like, the only way to make this work properly is I have to put that at the end. Yes. Because I wanted to start with it and yeah. then work to it, but I was like, then it's it's gonna be obvious, and mm-hmm. it's, my reveal's gonna be bad. It's such a good tattoo, because usually, uh, like, no kings is an anarchist. Sort yeah. of statement. No gods, no kings, no mm-hmm. blah blah blah. Right. Uh, but for a king to have one, especially like I don't know, I don't know why I'm focusing on his wife, just because I think that sounds really hot. <laughs> yeah. She's like death to kings. Oh yeah. Hey. Uh, we we both know we're thinking of the same person. Right. When she has an ex fiance who was basically king. He was basically king. Yeah. She's just gonna like grip that man by his chest hairs right over that tattoo Gross. and be like, ah yeah. Also like. I know I already said this mostly, but the other thing about that is, like, Napoleon made himself king, but all he wanted to do was be legitimate, mm-hmm. and then Bernadotte gets invited to be a legitimate king. It's really infuriating. Like, how horrible does that have to be? And it's so funny, because we did that whole episode about Napoleon, I didn't know any of this at all. <laughs> right. he, his name was not mentioned in anything I read about well, Napoleon. If you want to write about Napoleon, why would you care? I mean, this is hilarious. And this it makes is... Napoleon's story even better. It's so... Because, like I said, he gets everything Napoleon he gets, wants. He, including the woman. Including the woman. he had first. That he just gave up. And he does it all by being the laziest no man. It's like, it couldn't be written in a better way for it to be more of just a terrible burn on Napoleon. Hope just this whole guy's life is just like, burn. 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 Hope you brought some burn heel. Put some butter. Burn. Put some butter on that wound. <laughs> Burn! Butter, butter's face. Butter face! <laughs> butter jar conspiracy burn. <laughs> that's a that's butter jar conspiracy that's burn. That's why he said the butter. He's like, here's this burn pamphlet. Also have some butter. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Not really. You're going to need this in a couple years <laughs> when I win. Anyway. But first I need to go to bed mm-hmm. with your wife. Anyway. Um, hope you learned things that, like, the whole Swedish monarchy is a lie. <laughs> Or a win? I mean, just because it's a lie doesn't mean it's not a win. I think it could be maybe more of a scheme. It is a scheme, yeah. They're scheming monarchs, but they figured it out. But it worked out really well. Maybe we should all just pick random kings. I mean, It's probably too late for that. It's not really in style anymore. It's not in fashion. It's not the fashion. There's a few countries, but not very many. It usually turns out very bad. Yeah. Because they keep picking people who say yes when they should all say no. Right. 
it's, it's like the it's like Bernard Bernard. I think he just said no every time until like he he knew when to say yes and when to say no. I think yeah, was yeah. his real like success in life. He often said no, but like when somebody's like, "Hey, you want to be prince?" He was like, "Yeah." And then they were like, "Hey, do you want to be prince of an actual like whole country and you get to be king eventually?" He's like, "Yeah." So listeners, when someone offers you a choice. Think about which one will afford you the opportunity for more naps. Yeah, what will get you more by doing less? Mm -hmm. That's the key. That's the key if you want to be Swedish. Yep. If you want to be the king of Sweden, (laughs) Robert. It's like Ikea, you know, you get more for less. (laughs) You get more for less. Yeah. This episode's sponsored by Ikea. I wish. It's not. By Volvo. Turn over and over and over. (laughs) Volvo, come to a screeching stop. Yeah. Volvo. Anyway, thanks for joining us. I hope you learned things um, and that you had a good time listening to me talk about Napoleon and then French people becoming Swedish kings. And, um, you know, we have a website that you could listen to this on if you wanted to. It's hystericalhistory.simplecast.fm. I'm laughing because Haley's holding up the card for me like I don't know the name. A little flashcard. Like, yeah, like I'm not sure. What's this? Clap now. Um, we also have a or an email address, um, and we would love for you to send us some emails about just, you know, whatever you want, really. Um, but especially if you know what, like, King Haley's talking about, if you have any uh, topics you'd like us to cover, if you have any opinions about our podcast, we'd love to hear those. Alexis. What? The butter crisis is yeah. the butter conspiracy. It was the Norwegian butter crisis, and he did take over Norway. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Your mind is being blown right now. We we found it. We found the key, the source. <laughs> it was Carl Johan. It's Carl. <laughs> Carl. Uh, Carl, you you butterface. And you know where margarine was invented? Hell, no. In France. Oh, what? Yeah. For for squeaky wheels? Why was it invented? Na- uh, Napoleon had people invent it for wartime because it's e- easier to transport. Just say no, people. So, Just say no. Um, Death to kings. Just say no. Go. So it's all connected. Anyway, um, our email is hystericalhistorypodcast at gmail.com. Um, so please email us. Leave with her a review and a rating like. on iTunes. Yeah. That helps. It does. Join our Facebook page. We have one of those. We have a link to it at our website. Right. Uh, and that's all. Bye. Go, go take a nap. Go be like Carl Johan. Take a nap today. Take a nap. Take a break. Become the king of Sweden. Become better than Napoleon. <laughs> Every time. Every time. Bye.